morning, everybody. <laughs> so good to be back here at the Journey Church. Um, this definitely feels like a second home to me. So thank you so much for always welcoming me with open arms and your love. And I just, I feel at home here. So thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, thank you. <laughs> so, um, today, uh, Steve and I want to basically do a continuation of what last week uh, we, we spoke about. Last week we spoke about love, the love of God, um, how that love looks like. Um, today, what we want to talk about is why is it so hard to love that way? And, uh, and, and Jesus gave us examples and taught us um, how to love. Um, but it's not as easy as it, as it looks. It's not as easy as it seems. And, um, and I believe all that, um, it comes from the inside. Why is it so hard for me to, to love somebody? Why is it so hard to me, for me to love uh, that person who treats me bad? That person who did me wrong? Um, that person that violated, um, that person that broke my heart. Why is it so hard to, to love? <clears throat> and so uh, we want to talk about uh, our hurts and pains, our shadows. Um, and early on in life, uh, we, 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 we develop these, these um, methods or ways to hide our pains. Um, what do we do with that pain? What do we do with, with that hurt or that injustice? Many times we hide, we repress it, we deny it, we ignore it. And an illustration that, 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 that I like to use is an invisible backpack. We stuff it in our backpack. And, um... So what are, what are some of those things that we tend to, to stuff in our backpack? What are some of those feelings that we tend to, hi, uh, to, that we tend to hide? Um, maybe it's, it's rejection. Maybe is, is, is an injustice, something that happened to you, or some, something that someone did to you that hurt you so bad that now you're embarrassed. You're ashamed, and we stuff it, we hide it in our invisible backpack. And you know, something that I learned uh, a while back, when, when psychologists are studying the human brain, kind of take it left, but they notice that young children, um, all the way from the age of like six, six, to six months to a year, can understand what it means to be separated from their parents. Right, they went through this traumatic experience of being birthed out of out of the mom, and now they're separated from their mother. Right, and now at, at I guess at around three six, I don't know if it's three six or nine months, somehow they they start to develop a perspective of reality, and they realize that the world doesn't revolve around them anymore, which is pretty funny to think of. Right, that the world is actually full of people, and now we we know. Psychologically speaking, that can be a traumatic experience for even a baby as young as six months old, right? To be disconnected, to be torn apart from the rest of the world, from your family and from the rest of the world. So 
as young, as young as a baby, we're already ex- experiencing wounds of rejection, of separation, of, of, of ways that we, uh, we tell ourselves that I am not a part of this family or I'm not a part of this, this world. And little by little, those things start to add up. And we know that a, when we say trauma, okay, when, when you hear the word trauma, um, it's funny because you can take two, you can take a set of siblings and they can be raised in the same household and one can have a very different experience than the other because they have two different ways of coping with the same, the same set of circumstances. And a trauma is, is, is something tragic that might happen that you don't have the skill set or the defense mechanism to cope with. So what your brain does is it goes on overload. And you can't handle it because you weren't ready for it. You were surprised by it. And, and you just don't know how to cope with it. That's a trauma. And a lot of us go through traumas because we are already in the habit of never dealing with those kinds of pains, with those kinds of wounds. And we're constantly putting it in, those, in that invisible backpack. And anytime something pops up, it, it's, a, it's a traumatic experience. Yeah, and, and a lot of these pains and events that happen to us, they usually come start on very early on. Uh, they go online for us at a very young age. And we don't know how to react to that. We don't know how to, what to do with that. All of a sudden, you're, you're, you're a young ch- a child, and your parents are divorced. And, and, you know, you grew up in a house with mom and dad, under the same roof, all of a sudden the family splits. That's new to you. What do you do with that? Maybe, maybe you were molested sexually. And those, you don't know how to react to that. You don't know what to do with that. And you hear these voices that I'm not good enough. Rejection. You don't belong. Are they going to accept me? And so we hide it. We repress it. We deny it. We think certain things and, and, and we don't want to think about it, so we just stuff it. We ignore it. Uh, we don't want to feel a certain way. So same thing, we stick it on our backpack. The thing with that, that we think it's under control by ignoring it, but really it's just following us everywhere we go. And it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. It's not, it's out of our, it might be out of our vision. It might be out of our sight. But it's with us everywhere we go. And, and, and when we don't treat these wounds, when we don't know how to cope with it, many times it comes out, it, it, we, we imprison those feelings. We imprison those thoughts. And we, be, we, we tend to believe those negative messages. And, and we imprison it. We put it in our backpack. And, and, and all of a sudden, it's like it wants to come out. And then it starts coming out sideways. And, and, and the, the thing that comes to mind is the volcano. When a volcano erupts, it comes straight up. It's, that's its only way to escape. Is up. It's its only escape. But in our backpack, when we have, when we, we stuff everything in our backpack, we close it up, we repress it, we deny it, we hide it, we ignore it, we imprison it, it has no way to come out. 
So it starts coming out sideways. And we tend to start hurting people that we love. We hurt those that might have nothing to do with it. Have you ever, have you ever asked yourself, why did I do that? Why did I react that way? Many times it's, it's, it's that negative feeling that, that it wants to come out. So I feel, I might feel rejection. And all of a sudden they, they, they rejected me at work. Or I asked the girl out and she rejected me. And I get angry. Why did I react that way? It's that rejection that, that, that I keep ignoring. I keep hiding. I'm not dealing with it. I'm not treating it. And most of all, I'm not giving it to God. And what we find ourselves doing is all those things that are in the backpack that are waiting to get out are constantly whispering those things to us from back there, right? So we have an experience of rejection because our father left us. And all of a sudden, it's telling you that you're not good enough to be accepted by anybody else. So it's constantly whispering. And, and we've gone through some freedom training here where we learn that all those, all those voices begin to start and all those thoughts begin to start formulating core beliefs about yourself. That you aren't worthy of being accepted for who you are. That you're not worthy of the love that you really desire and that God preordained for you to enjoy and experience. And, and I don't know if you knew this, but volcanoes actually do, they do erupt from the, from, from the side, right? If they can't erupt... Uh, straight up, they'll just explode from the side. There's no way to stop that pressure from, from building, mounting, and finally exploding, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to end up somewhere. And when, when we're constantly listening to those voices instead of the voice of God, instead of the truths that God have laid out, that has laid out in his word, and the truth that he's told you personally, either through somebody here, here at the journey or here on earth, or through the Holy Spirit in your own personal prayer time in that secret place that we talked about a, a couple of months back, right? And you're const- we're constantly listening to those voices and the truths that they want to tell us, though they're not truths at all, they're really lies. Then all of a sudden, just like that volcano, it'll start, it'll start exploding sideways. Yeah. And, and sometimes when we don't realize that the part that we put in our backpack, uh-oh, those pains that we put on our backpacks, uh, when we don't, when we ignore them, they eventually become more powerful. Not only does it get heavier, but it becomes more powerful. And all of a sudden, we go from being a peaceful, joyful person to an angry person. And everything just, yeah, it sets you off. Something small might happen and it triggers you. And all of a sudden, you feel angered. You're hurt. Your feelings are hurt. And it's happened so many times. Me personally, it's even as small as a text message. And I'm sure it's happened to all of us. We send out a text message or we receive a text message. And it might be just the simplest thing. But it triggered us. And we take it completely the opposite. Or even if it's not anger, what if it's you get a text message that, you, that, that hurts you and you completely shut down? Has anybody ever felt that where you just feel immobile? You feel like something has, has immobilized you Mm -hmm. and then you, you, you can't function properly and you're losing out on that life that God, that promised life that God has preordained for you because you've allowed those voices to shut you down. Right. Yeah. And, and so with these pains hurts, 
shadows that we take on throughout our lives, not only do we stick them in this invisible backpack and they follow us and they get heavier, but then we start hiding it. We start putting on masks. How do we hide that sometimes? For me personally, with a smile, everything's okay. Hey, brother, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. He's got a great smile, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, you'd rather laugh than cry. Sarcasm. We cover it up. We cover our sorrow, our pain with sarcasm. Success. Education. Wealth. You've been hurt. You've been denied. You've been abused. And so you, 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 you don't know what to do with that. And so we, tra- we transfer all that energy maybe in, in, into education. Uh, I was, uh, maybe, maybe you were denied or rejected by your parents. And we take on these messages. And so you know what? Okay, they didn't love me, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be successful. And I'm going to go to school and, and, and be educated and smart. And then go into business and make lots of money. And so you focus on that. But deep down inside, you might be covering a pain. Something shameful. And how many how many times have we in in, in the public in, in public have we have we seen great men and great women who we thought looked happy and looked fulfilled and looked satisfied ended up committing suicide ended up completely self destruct in, uh, uh, in a total self destructive behaviors and patterns that ruined their lives we've seen that we've seen that happen I, you know I've seen that happen in ministry where you see pastors who you you know they, on the outside. The churches are thriving, the messages are powerful, the worship's powerful, and everything looks like it's growing and healthy. But under the surface, there's something else going on because of those wounds that were never taken care of, because of those wounds that stayed in the backpack and the voices that kept whispering those things that, that, uh, that ultimately was their demise because they never took the time to, to take off the mask, to take off that mask of, of, of whatever it is that they're hiding and deal with it. Yeah. We'll get to that and, 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 and so when you mentioned that, I, so many people, people come to mind, actors, Robin Williams, loved his movies, joyful guy, comedian. And then when I heard the news, you know, that he took his own life, what? It's not the guy I would imagine would do something like that. You know, uh, this year alone, the beginning of the year, I lost a good friend. He took his life, and he is in ministry. He was in ministry. You know, he was traveling, sharing the word of God, impacting people's lives, and he took his own life. He just recently got married last September, and he took his own life. What's underneath that smile? And what do we do with that? What do I do with that? There's that fear of rejection. They're not going to accept me. So we cover it up. For me personally, it was always with a smile. And I would go out of my way to do anything for anybody that asked me to do anything. I was a yes man. Yes. Hey, Mike, can you do this? Yes. Hey, would you do this? Yes. And and I would so overcommit. Because I, I didn't want to say no. I wanted people to love me. I wanted people to accept me. And so overcommitting itself, it became a burden for me. 
And, and it, it really started going online for me at a very young age. And it started really when I was, when I was in my mother's womb. When my mom was pregnant with me. Um, I have a great relationship with my mom now. I have a great relationship with my dad now as well. With both my parents. But it wasn't always that way. It wasn't always easy. There was a lot of pain. There was a lot of tears. And at a very young age. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> when I was still in my mother's womb. Um. My father denied me. He would tell my mother, that's not my child. That's not my kid. So at a very young age, I took that pain of rejection. When I was born, my father wasn't even there. Rejection. Growing up as a young kid, couldn't even go to the movie theaters or to a ball game with my dad. Typical uh, Mexican machismo, roof over your head, food on the table. I've completed my role. Years go by, I'm in high school. And this voice of rejection is, 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 is just loud. Rejection, rejection. You're not lovable. You're not good enough. You're not my child. And, and around high school, well, right before I got to high school, maybe my freshman year, uh, I get really sick. And, and the doctors say, there's something wrong with your liver. But we don't know what it is. It's hepatitis, but we don't know what kind of hepatitis it is. And it starts getting worse and worse and worse. And, and they've... I just get completely weak, about to, I'm facing death. The doctors tell us there's, there's one of two things that's going to happen next. Is one, um, you're already in the beginning stages of cancer. There's no way to treat it. We estimate just you have a few months to live. Or two, a miracle from God. And during, that lasted for about a year where I lost about 70 pounds, if not more. I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink anything. Body was just rejecting everything. And not one doctor's visit did my dad come to. So that was screaming, I'm not lovable. Rejection. So that weight gets heavier and heavier. And I don't know what to do with it. And I'm carrying all this weight around me. I'm not lovable. My own family doesn't want me. I'm afraid to ask out a girl for fear of rejection. Because I know what those voices keep on telling me. So I just stuff it. And I cover it up with a smile. And I focus all that energy into sports. Because at least if I'm good at sports, I'll have friends, my teammates. If I'm good at sports, I'll have, I'll have a group that I can hang out with. I belong to a team. I'm not feeling rejected anymore. 
but I don't ask out a girl because I'm afraid she'll say no. So fast forward. After that, I moved to Texas. I'm alone. My parents divorced. Loneliness hits in. And I'm lonely. I, I feel abandoned. I don't feel loved. I meet a girl. I fall in love instantly. And for the first time, she, this girl that I'm just crazy about starts having feelings for me too. And we start spending time together. And for the first time, I feel accepted. I feel lovable. I feel wanted. I feel desired. <laughs> and, and, and I become this yes man again because of fear of losing her. Anything that, that not just her or family or friends, just, uh, co-workers, bosses, anything. Yes, 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 yes. And I take on more weight. <laughs> I can't even stand up straight anymore. Because I don't want nobody to reject me. I want to please people. And I put on this smile. Hey, how are you doing, Mike? I'm great. I'm blessed. But deep down inside, if you remove that mask, there's pain. There's fear of rejection. So taking on all these, all these commitments that I well overcommit and saying yes to everybody, I can't keep my commitment to everybody. My life starts falling apart. I get laid off at work. I can't keep my commitments to my friends, to my family, to my girlfriend, to her family. And it seems like one by one, everything starts, I let everyone down and everybody starts disappearing from my life. I get let go from my job. So what, what is that telling me? You're not good enough. All of a sudden, my relationship with my friends and, 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 my, and my family, my closest relatives, they, they, they just can't take no more of me. Because this time, I'm just, I'm not myself. And I lose, I lose touch with family and friends. That loneliness hits in again. What is it telling me? I'm not lovable. So I stuff it. I lose my girlfriend. The girl I wanted to marry, the girl I was so in love with. Great girl, great family. And I blow it. I lie to her over and over. Because I wanted to impress her with a smile. And covering the true me, the inner me. So I'm lying. I stuff the hurt, the embarrassment, the rejection. <clears throat> I lose her too. Not lovable. You're not wanted. You don't belong. You're not good enough. And I stuff it in my bag. And I keep a smile on. So I get mad at God. God, where are you? Where are you? And I start comparing myself to people. Look at so-and-so. They're married. They have kids. They're happily married. They don't even go to church. They just go to church on Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Easter. 
I go every week and I serve at church every week. Look at all my friends I graduated with in high school. They're all married. They all have kids. Look at me. I'm alone. What do I do with that? What do I do with that? There's a story of Jesus in the New Testament. And this is the beauty of the gospel. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, when when Jesus describes how God wants to save us, it includes salvation into eternity. But the invitation that Jesus is presenting each and every one of us is to take his yoke upon us. Now, what does that mean? You know, in the Old Testament, there's an imagery of, of the ox. And I know you guys know this, some, some of you, if you don't. There's an imagery of an ox that was a, that was a working animal in the fields. And then you know the big yoke they had on their necks, right? And they usually were paired up. And these, this was a heavy burden on the ox because it was either pulling something, some sort of machinery, whatever it was doing. But the burden was on the ox. And Jesus says to his disciples, take that off of you. Because for years... You have suffered with all of this weight. For years you have walked through life carrying extra weight that you never needed to carry. And when Jesus says, take my yoke, not only is he taking this from us here, but his promise, okay, is to carry these burdens himself. So now, The reason why his yoke is so easy and the burden is light is because now all of those, all of those wounds, all, all of the lies, all of the hurt, all of the trauma is now placed on the shoulders of Jesus. And he takes us as a partner. He takes us as a brother. He takes us as his followers. He takes us as his disciples. He takes us as his family. And now we know that we can walk through life knowing that We don't have to have that extra weight on the back following us around. We don't have to listen to the voices that are constantly telling us, you're never going to get married. But God's truth is, I have a plan and purpose for your life. A destiny. And I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And you are going to do even greater things than I after I leave. Amen? Amen. I'm speaking that to you, bro. I'm receiving it. Um, the beauty, sometimes we like to complicate it, but it's as easy as giving, giving it to Jesus. It's just as easy as that. And so David, if I can have you come to the stage really quick. Thanks. What we're going to do is we're going to open up a time here. Okay. If you guys, uh, are ready for that. And if, if there's something that, if there's a burden that you've been carrying for a while, if there's something you feel like you have been giving or you have been stuffing in this invisible backpack. I think God wants to give you a moment and an opportunity and a chance for us to pray over you or for you to take a, make a decision to finally lay it down and offer it, offer it up to God this morning. So if you would just stand with me. And, and, and I truly believe that God's in this place. His presence is here. And it's not a coincidence that you're here today, this morning. 
God's reaching out and saying, let me take that burden off of you. I just invite you to close your eyes. Just think about those negative voices that have been playing in your, in, your, in your heart, in your mind, in your thoughts. That hurt. People who did you wrong. You've been stuffing it in your backpack. You've been denying it. You've been ignoring it. God wants to take all that. Put it in the throne. Put it at the cross, at the feet of the cross. God is still in the business of miracles. If God could raise Lazarus, Lazarus from the dead, from dead, he can do it again. If he could open the Red Sea for Moses, he could do it again. Whatever you've gone through, you're still here. And I believe you're still here for a purpose. He's not done with you yet. He wants to turn that burden into a blessing. God can do it again. Let's just sing this chorus together. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me. Your promise. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me never fail me yet. Oh Lord God, we give it all to you, Lord. You never fail me yet. We give it all to you, Lord God. You never fail Lord God, you can do yet. it again. Oh Heavenly Father, take the burdens. Take I've the pain. you move. Take the sorrow, you Father move God. the mountains. Take the shame, Father God. And turn I'll it into a blessing. Again, Father God, I believe we can soar like eagles. Where there was no with freedom, way, with liberty, with love, with passion. I see you do it again. Oh, I see you move. You move the mountains, and I believe. I see you do it again. You made a way where there is no way, and I believe. I see you do it again. I see you move. Oh, you move the mountains, and I believe. I see you do it again. You made a way where there is no way, and I believe. I see you do it again. 
give it to you, Lord God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Your promise still stands, and great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, this is my confidence, you've never failed me. Father God, we give you thanks. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for his life. Thank you because he paid the ultimate price so that I don't have to. Thank you that he has taken on my burdens, my shame, my guilt, my rejection, so that I don't have to carry it. Lord God, this morning we put all that weight at the foot of the cross. And we declare in the name of Jesus that we are free. Yes. We are yes. free. Yes. We declare freedom, declare liberty, declare ho holiness. We declare joy, acceptance. Father God, thank you. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for what you will continue to do in our lives. Father God, and turn that shame, that guilt, that sorrow into a blessing. And that we'd be able to take that to bless others, Father God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I never will forget. Lord, you never fail me. All right, let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Who's free? Who's free? I'm, I'm free. free. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's right. You guys have a blessed week, man. It was awesome. Love you. Yeah, love you guys. God bless.